0: This episode of the Royal Ramble is dedicated to the memories of Jason Strife and Don West. On, Season's greetings, my friends, and welcome to the final Royal Ramble of 2022. I was just thinking, wouldn't it be something if it were the final podcast of the year in general? Probably not, but I'm going for the record here. One can dream. Speaking of dreams, it must almost be a dream come true for WWE fans who have experienced over half a year's worth of the product without Vince McMahon's influence. But that dream could soon turn into a nightmare come this time next year. And that, of course, leads us into this year's crystal ball drop which is the theme for this week's episode in which I will attempt to predict the year 2023 in the world of professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. I can't think of a better place to start than at the very top with the most powerful wrestling company in the world, and yes, we can use that term once again when referencing the WWE. Since Paul Levesque took over the creative reins back in July, we've seen many changes. Most, I would say, were for the better, but some were very questionable. I think those expecting it to be anything like black and gold NXT were probably just setting themselves up for a major disappointment. At the end of the day, regardless of who's in charge, they still have to keep the sponsors and network executives satisfied. I think for the most part, it has been a slow and steady road to progress, but we're getting there, and people need to realize that any kind of significant change takes time to accomplish. But of course, wrestling fans always want that instant gratification. Some of the changes brought forth by Triple H are the noticeable additions to the roster, mostly people who were released during the Vince McMahon days and brought back. But recently, it was announced that top indie star Dragon Lee had signed with the company and will debut at some point in January as part of the NXT brand. One thing I will predict is that Vince McMahon will indeed be returning in some capacity, potentially by summer 2023, but how much influence he will have still remains to be seen. I am hopeful that he will at least allow Hunter enough time to book Mania season since he's put in all the work and planted all the seeds thus far. I can see more new talent being brought in very shortly, probably either in the lead-up to the Royal Rumble at the end of January, or being brought in as surprises in the Rumble matches themselves. One name that has been floating around recently is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I, for one, would love to see The Rock back, but I think if he was going to be in the Rumble match, it should damn well be advertised. I can see him having some kind of involvement at WrestleMania, whether that means a title shot or not. Cody Rhodes is another talent that could very well be on his way back by Rumble. He did make a brief appearance this past week on Raw, and I definitely expect him in the Rumble match, and many think he could potentially win the thing. I wouldn't have a problem with that, but I think it would be the wrong time for him to win the title at Mania. I am expecting Roman Reigns to have two matches, one on Night 1 and one on Night 2. The first night would be against either The Rock or Cody Rhodes, which I think he should win, but the second night should be against the eventual winner of the men's Rumble match, who I think should be Sami Zayn. I think he's earned his spot and has more than proven himself as a potential top star and they need to strike while the iron is hot. It would be such a waste of a two-year title run just to have Roman drop the belt to the rock. Cody would make much more sense from a storyline perspective, but as I said, the timing is off. But going back to what I was saying about surprises, they are what the Rumble is known for, and I can see many new stars coming in. Nick Aldis is now a free agent, and given that his wife, Mickey James, could also be wrapping up her time in Impact on January 13th, I can see the two of them coming in as a couple. I know people might think, well, if Mickey loses at hard to kill, she'd have to retire. What I say to those people is, hey, it's wrestling, and it's like the Hotel California. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. Plus, Impact recently killed off a talent, and I can't see Mickey ending her career there. She could also do what she did last year and simply walk into the Women's Rumble as Impact champion, but I think the other scenario is much more likely. And I spoke of the guy Impact killed off. That was Eric Young, by the way, for those who haven't been following. He's another guy rumored to make a return, and what better place to do it than in the Men's Royal Rumble match? People have also started to theorize that maybe Eric Young is behind this Uncle Howdy mask to go with the Bray Wyatt storyline. He does have a gimmick suitable for that angle, but I've also heard another name that I think may be a better fit, and this guy was actually at a recent NXT taping in the crowd, and that's former ROH star Vincent. I know a lot of people are saying Bo Dallas, and yes, I understand that he and Bray are real-life brothers, but I truly expect the crowd to go mild for that reveal. Another couple that could be on their way in, or in their case, back— by Rumble Time is Matt Cardona, who will likely revert back to a Zack Ryder character, and his life partner, Chelsea Green, who has also recently left Impact. Given that there are also a couple of WWE talents being allowed to work shows over in Japan, I can see some kind of deal being worked out where some of the top New Japan stars come through the Forbidden Door at the Royal Rumble event, including former WWE star Kairi Sane... IWGB champion Jay White, and possibly Tomohiro Ishii, who has been just about everywhere lately except WWE. Another rumor floating about is that Stone Cold Steve Austin could be wrestling another match at WrestleMania 39. Who his opponent will be is anybody's guess. My guess is one of the locker room veterans who gets the best out of just about everyone he wrestles and puts on an absolutely phenomenal performance, and that is AJ Styles. One of the things that has been bothering me for a while now is despite the fact that both the world titles and tag titles are unified on the main roster, we still see Roman Reigns and the Usos walking around with two sets of belts. I've heard that new belt designs are in the works, but I hope that means that they will make two belts into one rather than splitting them up again. I can see that happening by or at Mania as well. The women's division has kind of an unclear road to WrestleMania also, especially after Charlotte Flair's return last night on SmackDown, surprisingly winning back the SmackDown women's title. Well, actually, was it really much of a surprise? But many questions come to mind now in terms of what the Mania title matches will be. I don't ever want to see Ronda near that belt again, but I can see her and Shayna winning the tag belts this year and having a dominant run as champions. SmackDown doesn't exactly have a roster full of potential contenders, though I can see Raquel potentially stepping up at some point. On the Raw side, I can also see Bianca dropping the Raw title at some point between now and the Rumble, going on to win the Rumble match, and challenging Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown title in Mania. But what does that mean for the Raw title? I think there are multiple options. I've heard rumors of Becky versus Rhea for that title, and they've teased it for a couple of months now, but then Rhea also has unfinished business to wrap up with Beth Phoenix. I can see either of those two matches happening at Mania. Assuming Alexa Bliss will be the one to capture the belt from Bianca next week, she may also hold that title up until Mania, and may defend against her former teammate Asuka, or perhaps the current NXT champion Roxanne Perez, who I can also see being called up any day now. Another name that I've been hearing a lot lately is Mercedes Vernado, who you may not recognize, but you probably know better as Sasha Banks. I'm not a fan of rewarding juvenile behavior. We see enough of that in AEW. But you also have to go with what's hot, and I think if she comes back at the Rumble and wins it, she'd get a massive pop, and I could potentially see them going in the direction of her versus Bayley or Charlotte, or maybe even Bianca for either Raw or SmackDown women's title at Mania. I did speak earlier of NXT call-ups with Roxanne Perez, and I can also see Braun Breaker called up by Rumble Time, and I think he will be losing his belt to Grayson Waller next week as well. NXT Europe is coming up soon too, so they probably wouldn't want to call up too many NXT talents at once. I can sadly also see a bunch of WWE retirements happening in 2023. Big E, however, I don't think is one of them. I think he'll be back for the Rumble as well, and probably work a lighter schedule so as not re-aggravate his injury. But the former rated RKO I can definitely see retiring, that being Edge and Randy Orton, probably after WrestleMania. Another guy I can see retiring after Mania is Rey Mysterio, but I can first see him reconciling with his son Dominic at the event, and presenting his mask to his son just like his uncle did for him many years ago. Switching gears here, Impact has had a pretty hot year in 2022, and I'd expect 2023 to follow suit. I think Josh Alexander will be the face of their brand for many more years, and I'm hopeful that a feud with Ethan Page comes about in 2023 at some point. That story writes itself. The women's division will be harder to book as it seems like more and more talents are exiting the company, but if they're going to build the division around anyone, it should be Jordan Grace, and I can see her and Taya renewing their rivalry this year as well. I'll end this show by talking about AEW. They've had a rocky 2022, but a few really good moments as well, and I only see them getting bigger and better in time. One thing I can see is them having a superfight-type match to unify the women's TBS and world titles, and instead create women's tag team titles, as I think they have enough women in the division to do that. I can also see them changing some of their set designs, especially for pay-per-views, to make them stand out more. But I've heard that that's actually already in progress. And of course, this is probably going to be the year that AEW puts up their own video streaming service, including some of the ROH tape library. I spoke of retirements in WWE, but I think retirements in AEW could happen in 2023 as well, including Dustin Rhodes, Jeff Jarrett, Billy Gunn, Sting, and even Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson. I think each of these guys have contributed a great deal to the success of the company, and I think can still be used in other ways instead of just wrestling. And it wouldn't be AEW without signing much more talent. With CM Punk now gone, and no, I don't see him coming back despite the demand, it's left a pretty big gap, and I can see it being filled by other top stars around the world. El Hio del Vikingo is one person that I think will be brought in, and I'd expect him to fit in well with the AEW talent roster. I can also see Katsushika Okada being brought in at some point, and maybe Kota Ibushi to renew their rivalries with Kenny Omega. Like I said with Mickey James, you can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. And I think some of the guys I even spoke of retiring in 2023 may wrestle at least one match for AEW next year, and that includes Randy Orton, Edge, and Rey Mysterio. 2022 was a roller coaster of a year, but I'm expecting a lot of great things in 2023. I wish all of my loyal listeners and your families a very safe and happy new year, and I'll A B C you all again next year.